0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the ISV Society Podcast. I am your host, Amy Keenan, and I am so excited to be here and chat with you. So first off, you may be asking, what is the ISV Society? Well, it's a membership just for ISVs, where we collaborate, educate, and generate leads in an affordable way. From webinars to blogs, as well as monthly mastermind meetings, these are just some of the ways we're working together. This podcast is also another way to bring the content to you. There'll be marketing tips and tricks, ISV guests, as well as fellow marketing professionals. Just think of it as your one-stop shop, all things channel marketing. It's all about the power of collaboration. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm excited for my guest today, Sam Gupta, who is no stranger to the podcasting world because he is the host, community builder, and founder of WS Rocks. So if you haven't checked it out, you should. And he's also the consultant at Elevate IQ. Welcome, Sam. So, uh, having me, I Amy, mean, great to be here. Thank you for joining me this week to chat. I'm very excited for our conversation today.
1: Of course, Uh, I'm (laughs) too.
0: And before we dive in, obviously, I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself, your role, what you've been doing over the years, and let us get to know you a little bit.
1: And uh, just a little bit about me, as you explained, I am the podcast host. So I do a lot of podcasting. Along with that, we have a lot of different LinkedIn lives. Uh, but going back to the history, so I have been doing the ERP, consulting for a flea board. uh 20 years ERP, digital transformation space, uh, you know, did a lot of different things. Uh, I was consulting in the Fortune 500 space before, but then got into SMB world, and now we have this glorious, beautiful world of ERP uh, that I talk about on a daily basis. So uh, roughly for six years, I would say, I have been at Elevate IQ.
0: Uh, I'm
1: the principal consultant there. So we help our clients with the ERP selection, ERP implementation. We are the independent ERP consulting firm. And our role is going to be to define the architecture to help companies select the tools and finally help them implement as well. Um, So that's about me. I can cover more if you like.
0: No, that's great, and I, I really like your model and how you guys just uh, are ERP agnostic, which is really cool. Because as we know, every ERP is different, and every every customer is different. So there's there's going to be an ERP out there that's a fit for them, and you help them, you know, figure out which one that is, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. And uh, when we look at the ERP space, it gets really complex, each of the ERP system. And by the way, when we talk about the ERP system, it's not going to be just one system. Typically in the architecture, you are probably going to have five or six different systems. If you are doing everything in one system, it's slightly easier. And this is where you know, your community plays a big role overall, uh, ISVs, because you know each of these components that are going to be there, they are going to be either from the enterprise software vendor sometimes uh you know there might be smaller ISVs. so we are the guys who are actually patching things together so it's always a great partnership with the ISV community
0: yes it is and uh just to kind of i know you talked a little bit about this but we could dive into it a little bit more about elevate iq your mission and what you do
1: so my uh, the question is my personal mission is that yes. what you want okay so my personal mission i mean see i have been fascinated by the ERP and digital transformation space for some time. And one of the reasons uh, that always bothers me is going to be, okay. why do we have the 50 to 60% failure rate uh, for the digital transformation engagements? And that is something I'm really passionate about in figuring out, Okay, what can we do as the community, as society, to make sure that companies can invest their money and time wisely, and they can be slightly more successful so as part of that mission, you know, I do a lot of education as part of the podcast community. Um, you know, overall engaged with the community, we have much bigger community overall. So my mission always is going to be, okay, how can I promote more education uh, in, and in a fun way? Um, that's yes. what I'm, uh, we try to do as part of our community.
0: And I feel like podcasting has definitely taken off over the years and it's definitely become a great stream for providing educational content.
1: Exactly. I could not agree more. I mean, I am always on podcasts. So if I'm not listening to my own podcast, which I don't like to be honest, okay. I, I'm always me neither. listening to uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm listening I don't to, like to, listen I to I the like own. To... <laughs> so I'm always I have a big list of the podcast. I'm always listening to them. It's always great learning and, and learning from others.
0: So <clears throat> working for Elevate IQ and, and helping these customers, figuring out what e- ERP is it? Do you find that it's like challenging to know all the ERPs and the ins and outs and what's best for your customer when you're doing this research and helping them figure it out?
1: So to be completely honest, it's a nightmare and it has always been nightmare because when you are, let's say, learning just one tool and some people just learn one module of an ERP, and they find it challenging because things are always updating, upgrading, and, you know, they mm-hmm. always need to keep themselves updated. In our case, we literally have to know the entire ecosystem, which is a hard job. And if we don't know what we are doing, then what customers are going to do is they are going to be selecting the wrong tool. Obviously, there is a chance that they might fail their, uh, you know, digital transformation or whatever investment they, they might have. And that's why we really need to dig deeper, to be honest, okay? So we spend a lot of time upgrading our own learning. And by the way, again, you know, podcast helps a lot, to be honest, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm talking to very, very uh, smart people in the ISP community, in the VAR community, in the ERP community, uh, and learning a lot through the podcasting experience. In fact, I mean, the only reason why I had started podcast, I was trying to be selfish, to be honest. I didn't do it for anybody. I did it for myself. Because I wanted to talk to smart people on a daily basis so that I can upgrade my knowledge and, and hopefully it can help others as well. That's
0: great. Yes, I, I feel like I'm always learning and evolving. And, and with my podcast, I like to have guests on like you too, because I want to learn. And, and it's, our ecosystem is so um, complex. It really is. And there's just so many things to it. And, and there's so many people that are so knowledgeable in our space. Then we just, I just want to get to
1: know them as as, as do you could not agree more. And I have met so many amazing people. I mean, I would not have access to them, to be honest, uh, only because of this whole uh, shared community experience. Uh, I'm able to talk to them. I mean, I spoke to people like Randy Johnston. I don't know if you are connected with him. He uh, runs the the whole CPA forum, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. creates the curriculum for uh, CPAs and he's just, his experience and um, knowledge is just mind blowing, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Just half an hour, I could learn so much. So yeah. So that's the beauty of
0: the podcasting and the community. It is, definitely. So when you, let's take a little step back about how you help customers. Do you, obviously you help them find an ERP uh, or, you know, kind of guide them. Do you also get customers that already have an ERP that are looking to switch or just need help with their ERP because they don't have the resources, time, bandwidth, what types of customers do you typically help?
1: So typically, in our case, our conversations don't start with an ERP, to be honest, okay, and they can uh, engage with us at any phase in their life cycle. So sometimes they are, the, the statement, the problem statement is going to be as simple as, hey, I am at $50 million and I am trying to get to $250 million and i have no idea if my uh, you know the processes are going to scale if i have the system capacity if that is going to scale if my systems are going to be enough so the the problem statement could be as big as that and then we sort of you know draw the uh, the processes and then we map out okay okay we have seen million company, we have seen $100 million company, we have seen $150 million company, and we have seen $250 million company. You are trying to get here, you are here, and we are trying to figure out, okay, where are the gaps? Okay, just because we work with the companies at every stage. So that is one way of engaging with the customer. And then when we start, then obviously, we are going to find some areas where either they are going to have the existing ERP, and now let's say we need to bring in some of the ISPs. Uh, nice. you know, okay. or, you know, we might need to replace ERP because they might be on QuickBooks. And on QuickBooks, I mean, they are not going to get to $250 million. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare overall from the admin cost perspective. Uh, the SENA component that they are going to have on the income statement, it's going to be really heavy overall. So we, that is just one way of engaging with the customer. Now, the next phase where we might get engaged with them is going to be that, okay, I sort of know from the business perspective what I'm doing, uh, but I need help with the technical selection. I don't understand how to translate my business model into the digital model. Can you help us? So that's the second way of engaging with our customers. So in that case, we help them in sort of defining the the architecture, the whole enterprise architecture of how many different systems are going to be there based on the business model and whether the enterprise architecture is going to scale or not. And one of that component could be ERP. But then there could be five others. Some could be ISVs, uh, you know, CRM, marketing mm-hmm. automation, e-commerce. Uh, what, whichever industry they might be, you know, there might be ten to fifteen different tools, and we are trying to uh, sort of patch them together. So that is the second engagement that we have. Uh, the third engagement could be now they engage directly with a VAR or ISV and they try to implement it. But things are not going as they would like to see overall from the project management perspective, from the budgetary perspective, things are not working. And now they want slightly more independent perspective to the engagement. So they call us and they, you know, then we again go back and and we sort of draw the vendor agnostic and the tool agnostic architecture that, okay, this is how the architecture needs to be. Now you are trying to pull this architecture in every direction and obviously it's not working. So, okay, let's go back and figure out, okay, how we can fix it, right? So we try to fix that. And then sometimes the implementation is completely broken and they are looking for some sort of pivot strategy. Okay, what can we do now? We have lost $5 million and I don't want to be losing $5 million on the existing engagement. What can we do? (laughs) So that's probably the fourth engagement that we have.
0: I feel like that's a, you know, it's such a good I love your model. I love how you help customers. It's such a great idea to be able to help them in all facets of their business and not just the ERP because you know, as you know, and you probably see this every day is that yes, the ERP does help with certain things but there's definitely gonna be other solutions and and other programs and products that they're gonna need to help with, get them where they want from point A to point B, not just the ERP. So I really like that you kind of give them that whole scenario, that whole package so to speak, so that way they can reach their goals. And with that, so how do you like to work with ISV? So obviously ISVs, you have mentioned, they are a part part of it, right? And they help fill some gaps that obviously the ERPs don't have. And this being the ISV Society podcast, it makes sense to talk a little bit about that. Do you wish you had a list of all the types of marketing initiatives you could do in this space? We'll look no further. I put together the ISV guide to grow your audience. It covers blog sites, events, product directories, B2B services, and more. To download this guide, check out the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show.
1: So for us, one of the things that we like to look at when we are looking at any sort of solution, it's not just the ISV, to be honest, okay? So we look Mm -hmm. at several different factors when we are evaluating them. Uh, Number one always is going to be, since we are working for a client, we need to be fair with them, right? Uh, That's always number one goal. From their perspective, okay, what is going to have the highest ROI? So let's say if I have the ISV solution, that's going to be natural fit for the ERP that I may already have in the installation, then it makes sense to sort of bring in the ISP, because, you know, let's say if I'm working with NetSuite, Acumatica, or, um, you know, Microsoft Business Central, or, you know, any of the ERP systems, uh, now, client is saying that, you know what, I'm not willing to change that. So now we need to find something around that. Now, when you have to do that, obviously, you don't have a choice, because you are not, uh, you know, replacing ERP system. So now we have to literally go in that ecosystem and find, okay, what are going to be our options? Uh, Now, when we evaluate different ISP options, the number one thing always for us is going to be financial stability. That's number one. Okay. So we look at, okay, how well funded the ISP is going to be. And in our eyes, the way we like to look at ISP, we don't call ISP the ISPs. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We call them as the software product company, and that's what they should be calling them. To be honest, ISV could be all over the place. Sometimes we have seen scenarios where resellers are actually trying to sell their products as well, their right. IPs. And sometimes it may not be installed even once. Okay, they might not even have it. And <laughs> ISVs actually get a bad name because of that, because some ISVs are like really, really giant companies, to be honest, and they right. have super awesome products, just like an ERP. And sometimes that could be bigger than an ERP. <laughs> yeah, So <it's> true. <laughs> right? So they should not be calling themselves an, an, an ISV in my mind, and we call them a slightly more you know, product companies that you are really a software product and we are trying to integrate two different products. So now whatever we are going to be emphasizing on when selecting an ERP, the similar analysis is going to go even in, in the case of NISV as well, which is going to be, okay, how strong is the vendor? Are they, if they are a reseller, uh, typically we don't like to see things mixed, to be honest. If a reseller is actually trying to sell an IP as well, there is a little contract of interest. And we don't like that, okay? Uh, You know, sometimes we have seen a lot of failures. When resellers are actually trying to act as an ISP, they should not be doing that. In my mind, if you are a real product company, um, your economy of scale, the way your business model is going to be, is very different. I mean, why are you in reselling business? That actually provides us a little bit of red flag that probably you don't have enough market share. And that's why you are sort of all over the place. (laughs) Yep. Um, So stability is important. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So those are some of the factors. And obviously for us, one of the most important factors is going to be okay, how are we going to integrate this? Okay. Mm -hmm. What is going to be source of authority in the architecture when we are trying to bring this tool in the fold? What is going to be impact to the business processes? Okay, how much development effort are we talking about? How much integration effort are we talking about? Okay. Uh, Is the ISV controlling my data or is the data still controlled by my main core system? If ISB is controlling, that's great. No problem with that. But again, we need to have a very clear model in terms of where the data is going to reside and who is doing what in the architecture. Just the way you would organize your company or the organizational structure, you need to have a very clear model in terms of who's doing what and who is owning which data element and who is going to be interacting with which data element. And that's the architectural clarity that I personally like to see in any of the architectural uh, engagements that we have. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. I, I totally agree with you that you want some. There are so many ISPs in this space. And, and lately, there's been so many that just focus on the same thing, like <clears throat> certain categories like AP or AR. So do you find it hard to figure out which ones to work with in those spaces where there's just this, this, the kind of saturated
1: in that specific area? For us, you know, we actually find it easier because oh, that's only it. going to be there are only going to be so many options that are going to be part of a specific ecosystem mm-hmm. so number one thing that we are always looking for is how many installations do you have okay and how integrated you are with the ecosystem do you have the native experience or do you not have the native experience both are okay but if you are going to have native experience then probably we are going to give them uh, you know better mark but let's say <laughs> you know, if they are going to be reseller, but then they have the native experience, then they actually get the negative. So we have, uh, you know, many different variables that we look at. It's not just one thing that we are focusing on. We need to look at the comprehensive picture. Okay, where are you and which is going to be the strongest fit for our client in terms of the financial risks, in terms of the implementation risk, in terms of the, the technical risk? So we are trying to evaluate everything. But, you know, typically when we do the analysis, yeah, it's very, very, very hard to find even one or two options that are going really to close to our expectations. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So, do you have like a set list of ISBs and then you just kind of build upon that based on the need of the customer? So-
1: a lot of research to be honest it's not that we are just sitting here and going <laughs> off okay you know I am I want to work only with 150 companies that's not how we work okay? okay we are always looking for newer relationship we are trying to understand okay where are you strong one of the challenges that we face typically with ISV or bars always is going to be when we ask them okay tell me one ecosystem or one industry where you are really strong at to be honest okay because each industry is going to have very deep requirements and the functionality. And they are going to say, you know what? I can integrate with any ERP. Now I get into my engagement and I ask them, okay, now you said you can integrate with any ERP. This is my ERP, install it. Then they are going to say, you know what? I'm going to take four months. And why do you need four months now? When you said, you know, it was going to be integrated already. Mm -hmm. So this is where my problem is, okay? So what I personally like to see is, okay, paint a clear picture in terms of your real capability. Where you are so that we can position you in the right deals and right deals when we look at is if you have pre-integrated if you are pre-integrated with any erp make sure you mention that because that's your differentiator if you have any deep capabilities in a very specific industry that could be whether you are doing something in in mold making or plastics or metal that's how deep it gets okay and each of Mm -hmm. these industries are going to have very very unique nuances even though you are talking about APER processes, even there, you right. are going to have very, very, very deep nuances. Sometimes we cannot figure out with the generalized tool. And now we are looking at $20,000, $30,000, development dollars. Now, wow. if I ask my client, okay, hey, now I need $30,000 because I chose this ISV. Now I'm going to be in trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, I mean, see, that, that is my problem. So if ISVs can, let's say, communicate, they real really very, very prop where they have the real IP. That's super helpful, to be honest. And some of the SVs that we work with, they are super transparent uh, in uh, providing the real picture of where they are really strong.
0: Well, that's good. Do you, sir, do you find that you have certain customers in certain industries and you see trends there, or is it really all over the board?
1: So industries, uh, when you say trend, meaning uh, ISVs being being more common in those industries or ISVs being more successful in those industries? So do you want to clarify the question? Oh, already? sure.
0: Sorry. So like your customers base, that, that the customers that you help, do you find that they're in certain industries or, or are you helping really any kind of customer?
1: So in our case, one of the highest performing industry for us always is going to be, retail and distribution in e-commerce, okay. okay? We are really, really strong in our e-commerce capabilities. We like to position ourselves for manufacturing, uh, but we just don't get as much business from manufacturing for some reason. Uh, manufacturing seems to be very behind overall in upgrading their digital capabilities. So irrespective of, uh, we are trying to cause them that they should be <laughs> <laughs> implementing a lot more technology. They just don't do it, okay? So retail always is one of the highest performing vertical for us. Uh, distribution, uh, you know, we get a lot of business in the wholesale distribution, industrial distribution uh, space. Then we have construction, not for profit. Uh, but this distribution is probably going to be the main one that we get a lot.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. I, I figure, you know, I feel like that's always the hot topic of those three: e-commerce, retail, distribution. A lot of uh, a lot of ISPs focus on those industries.
1: Exactly. I mean, from the ERP perspective, that's where the mm-hmm. business is, that's where the itch is, to be honest, from the customer experience perspective. And if they are not really doing the automation, the integration, and right now, if you look at the e-commerce space, uh, you know the complexity is increasing on a daily basis. The number of channels that you have to serve. Mm-hmm. And now each of the manufacturers are trying to launch their own marketplaces. Initially, uh, you, know, you probably had to integrate only with Amazon, but today you have uh, Amazon, Walmart, L. C. Let's say if you are in the, the FMCG space, right. then you know other manufacturers are trying to launch their marketplaces. So the whole e-commerce space, the industry 4.0 um, space, is booming a lot, and that's where we get a lot of complexity from the integration perspective, from the the, the kind of you know transformation that they need for their processes. For them, uh, ERP alone is probably not going to be enough.
0: Yes, e-commerce has definitely exploded over the last couple of years, that's for sure. (laughs) Okay, before we wrap things up, I would love for uh, you just to talk a little bit about your podcast, what kind of guests you have, what kind of topics you talk about, and just give a little plug so people can come listen.
1: Yeah, happy to. So WBS Rocks uh, is the podcast, and our focus is going to be four or five different pillars. Uh, And that is really aligned with our, uh, you know, overall corporate strategy. So, which is going to be ERP, digital transformation, e-commerce, supply chain, uh, and what else am I missing? Maybe manufacturing uh, is what we like to cover now in terms of the number of, uh, or the quality of guests, right? So, we have had roughly, what, 400 episodes at this point? Oh, wow. Yeah. And for guests, I mean, we are typically looking for somebody who's going to have very deep e-commerce experience, ERP experience. Anybody from ISP or work community is more than welcome. You know, we like to be product agnostic in our community. Me too. So obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, so you need to decouple the product as long as you are trying to educate, uh, you know, uh, and that should mm-hmm. be the intent of the podcast, to be honest. Exactly. That's where people are going to find value. And if you provide value, then they'll come after you. They'll dial your number. Um, So, yeah, so those are the the guests for the podcast. If people want to check, they can go to, uh, you know, wbs.rocks or they can find me on Google. Uh, I think I'll be like the second rank on Google, Sam Gupta, WBS rocks. Uh, (laughs) um, You can input there.
0: We'll put that in the show notes as well so people can reach out to you. So Um, and then how many so how many
1: episodes do you do a week? So right now we have cut down a bit, to be honest. Okay. So we are doing three or four at this point of time. Oh, wow. I, we used to do six a week. That's now crazy. we are doing, <laughs> we, we have been crazy. That's but a lot it's of all work. about content, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, to be able to have that much content, to be able to share that often is really good. So I envy you because I, I, it's, it's a struggle for me to just do one a week.
1: <laughs> Trust me, it's a lot of hard work. And that's the reason why we had to cut down because I had no life and I want to have some life.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sam, for chatting with me this week. I really do appreciate you sharing your story and what LVIQ IQ is doing. That's such a great model. And of course, how you're educating the community with your podcast episodes as well. So it's really inspiring
1: for doing the amazing work. I I really love the work that you are doing. And uh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, thank you. Have a great day. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in this week to the podcast. Feel free to subscribe, like, share, and or we'd love to hear topics you'd like to hear in the future as well. Thanks so much, everyone. You've just listened to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe and or share with your team. I would love to also hear your feedback and share any tips tricks or topics that you'd like to hear in my upcoming episodes. Have a great week.